Welcome to Bronze and Modern Gods. I'm John. And I'm Richard. Hey, what's going on, Richard? <laughs> Not much. How you doing, John? Yeah, it's Memorial Day. We, I was debating taking the week off, but, you know, then I got bored. No <laughs> 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 rest for the wicked. Yes, my boredom is your benefit, people. <laughs> We've got some stuff happening today. Of course, always our hot book of the week, our underrated books of the week. Our main topic this week, which is hot dollar bin books you probably don't know about. We love digging in those bargain bins and finding uh, some gold. We're going to give you some direction here, and hopefully you can score as well. But first, if you have not been following us on Facebook and Instagram, we beseech thee, please do so. And subscribe, hit like. And hit that notification bell so you know when our bonus episodes go live, including the new Instagram Market Watch with Elite underscore Comics 11. That's going to be a regular feature of the bonus episodes. But Richard, what is our hot book of the week? Our hot book this week is Something is Killing the Children, number 16, the one in one per store virgin variant. Wow, that's a lot of a lot, a lot of words to say. They've had 16 issues to find out what's killing these children. Uh, yeah, they're still killing them. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, this is an interesting book. This is the start of a new arc for something that's killing the children. The last arc ended in episode or issue 15. Mm -hmm. So it's a new opportunity. We get to find out more backstory about the main character. And it's 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 pretty hot right now. It, it's selling anywhere from 100 to 150 dollars raw for this virgin variant. Wow. Uh, yeah. Be careful with these one per stores, though. They 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 are super hot and then they are super not. I can tell you from my experience. Yeah, I was uh, in the middle of the, the shutdown last year. I was going to the comic book store at 10 a.m. right when they opened and trying to grab those one per stores. And, you know, there were uh, some successes there. But right. One example from my personal experience is that Miles Morales, number 18, the one per store birthday variant. I went driving around. I got like three of them from three different stores. Mm -hmm. Then I was able to flip them pretty quickly. I got them slab 9.8 and sold them for like, you know, 75 bucks, 100 bucks. But right now they're down to 25 bucks or less. Yeah. A near mint one on eBay for 25 bucks. And those various King and Black one per stores, I grabbed those. I can't get rid of them. Uh, they're sitting. But the yeah, Batman, the Batman ones seem to be doing okay. Yeah, it varies. Uh, the first punchline in, in Harley Quinn, uh, number one, uh, one per store is what he's talking about. But, yeah. you know, we've also seen Champions, number one, had a, a one per store variant that did pretty well when it first came out. And it has pretty been pretty tepid of all the different variants. It just seems to be just like store variants. It's it's tough to break through with a one per store unless there's something really compelling about the book. Even Peach Momoko was like guaranteed money you know at that beginning of all that stuff and now even she's kind of cooled off i think it's just too much too 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 much including too much peach <laughs> yeah i think peach i you know more power to her she's taking advantage of, her, of the opportunity that was given to her uh but you know one of the things that, that's really really important about books is uniqueness and rarity and when you have peach putting out five different books every week it's difficult to hold that kind of rarity uh, in, in that sentiment 
Yeah, I think when she signed as a Marvel exclusive, the thought was, okay, this will slow it down a bit. She's not working for several different companies. Quite the opposite. Marvel's like cracking the whip. She's like in a, you know, in some assembly line doing these, you know, X-Men Demon Days. And there's this cover. <laughs> yeah, you heard that Warner Brothers Brothers assembly line music in the background as she's cranking out the titles. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our main topic this week, hot dollar bin books you probably don't know about. We're just going to go through some that we've discovered ourselves while going through bargain bins and then looking them up on eBay or or other sites and being like, wow, that's worth that much? Uh, <laughs> so hopefully, we'll tip you off and you can go do some uh, digging yourself and come up with a few nuggets here. I can kick us off with a one that just blew me away. I had no idea this book was... Uh, catching fire and that is dragon lance number one richard you played a d and d yeah yeah i i am not surprised at all by this book we have nostalgia from all these other sources from from teenage mutant ninja turtles from transformers gi joe why not have the geeks get their chance to get that kind of nostalgia and that's what dragon lance really gives you in case you don't know, in 1988, uh, TSR, the gaming company behind Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, struck a deal with DC to create comic books based on those role-playing games, including there's a comic book called Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, uh, and this property, Dragonlance, which was kind of a spinoff of the AD&D universe. This line was pretty successful. It ran for almost three years for a licensed property, not too shabby. Mm -hmm. And the authors of the original Dragonlance novels we're suing the current rights holders, Wizards of the North Coast. There you go, Richard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But apparently that lawsuit's been resolved, which has opened the gates for new novels that are coming mm -hmm. for Dragonlance, new game modules. Get those 20-sided die polished up. Let's go. And plenty of movie rumors around Dragonlance. So as a result, raw copies of this book, uh, the direct version, are selling for about 25 bucks or more. But the newsstand edition, which there is a newsstand of this book, is going for $40 and up. So Dragonlance, I bet you a bunch of LCSs have these. And the other titles, Spellbinder, I think was one of them. Um, and Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, the title. Start looking for those because even like the common issues later in the run do okay. Yeah, I, I know these are in long boxes. And a lot of the books on this list... I regret not picking up when I saw them back, you know. Um, but yeah, this one is definitely a dollar bin book. Pick them out if you can find them because right now D&D is a hot property. Regrets I've had a few. <laughs> Tell me about another one, Richard. Um, another book uh, is Long Shot Number 1 back from 1985. This is uh, the first of a six-issue miniseries or limited series that Marvel put out about Longshot, a uh, really popular character that later becomes uh, one of the X-Men and is, has been featured in a variety of books over the years. This is his first appearance. This book has a great cover by the famous Art Adams. Art Adams is one of my one of my favorite uh, uh, artists. Me so too. this is his first appearance and the first appearance of Spiral when one of his uh, nemesis this book you can uh, for a long time i was finding these books in long boxes you find people selling a set of six of them you know all one through six for ten dollars twenty dollars 
Um, it, it never was really an expensive book when I was collecting a number of years ago. Went and uh, out of nostalgia, bought a 9.8 one, uh, number one, for uh, it was a couple hundred dollars at the time. Now, uh, if you go on eBay, you see that that same number one being um, people are asking anywhere from eight hundred to twelve hundred dollars for this book. Yikes! Yeah, uh, there's even a Canadian price variant that someone is asking over eight thousand dollars for. <laughs> so why? So why the popularity? I'm, I I think it has to do something with people thinking that Mojo, uh, which is one of the uh, villains from this from the series is going to end up in the MCU as a part of the uh, multiverse of madness. If that happens, yeah, this, this series could actually take, uh, could increase in value tremendously. It's a good book. It's a good read. Six, 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 uh, six issues. Um, it's a little out there for the, your average Marvel book, but uh, definitely if you have an opportunity to pick it up, even just to read, I think this is a good book. Yeah, I think the only thing that's holding Longshot back is his appearance. He looks so 1980s. Oh, I know. He looks like he stepped right out of a Kaja Goo Goo video. <laughs> what up? What all? Uh, shout out to Lamal. Uh, you he know, looks like a, a blonde Richard Marks, if you ask me. Got the mullet. He's got <laughs> the spiky hair, the leather suit. It, he he is in dire need of a refresher uh, because you know hipsters out here in silver lake the mullet is making a bit of a comeback but uh if you wore it the first time you're not supposed to wear it again is what the uh the saying goes yeah but, that looks kind of dated but this introduced a lot of uh stuff into the x-men mythology you know and Nascenti and art adams creating a whole mojo verse mm -hmm. uh mojo world and chris claremont just kind of grabbed that and said yoink that's mine now thank you <laughs> So who knows what will happen in the future with this book? A really interesting pick. And what do you have up next? Well, it's one that is just completely flown under the radar. I'm kind of shocked. I'm going to put it out there now, and I'm going to watch and see what happens on eBay after this episode. <laughs> because I just don't think people know about this. It's a book called Tales of the Marvel Universe Number 1. And this was a little one-shot that came out in 1997, and it features little all-new preview stories about Marvel's post-Onslaught books. Now, you know about Onslaught in 1997 and 96, and they're all in Heroes uh, Reborn. The image guys are handling the big, the big guns. So what's happening in the Marvel Universe outside of that? Well, they're going to launch a whole bunch of new books, including Kazar. <laughs> and a little book called the thunderbolts this book contains the very first thunderbolts solo story it's not thunderbolts number one it's here in tales of the marvel universe it also includes a very cool dr doom solo story so richard you got to get a copy of this in fact this thunderbolt story that's in this issue directly continues into thunderbolts number one now, there's huge potential for this book if Thunderbolts ever comes to the MCU because, again, no one seems to know about this book. Uh, it's still very affordable on eBay for about five bucks for a new yeah. movie. So grab one. Just go. Go right now. Pause. We'll wait. <laughs> yeah, you pointed this out to me earlier today, and I went and looked at eBay, and I was just surprised at how affordable this book is. Uh, is this going to be one of those books that after a trailer drops – 
it's going to, you know, the price is going to multiply by 10 overnight. Well, you see how Incredible Hulk 449 has blown mm -hmm. up because of the first Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts number one is gaining traction, but this little weird in-between story just, just seems to have slipped under the radar. So go get one. Richard, I saw this on your list and I was like, what are you talking about? So explain. <laughs> okay. Uh, my, my next pick is Dark Knight Returns, number one from 1986 this is frank Mag frank miller's magnum opus it is the storyline that redefined batman as a character I, I picked this one because this book is has an interesting price history uh, when i first got back into comics i was looking at the books that i wanted to collect from when i used to read them i have a dark knight returns number one it's a little raggedy because it got read. It was a great story yeah. and it got read a lot. And you know what? The Dark Knight number ones were $30, $40 um, and you could pick them up pretty easily. And so I never really got around to actually getting a slabbed one because I always, you know, it was one of those books I figured, oh, you know, it's it's going to be affordable. Whenever I get around to it, I'll pick up one. Um, and it's 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 an amazing book. It's it's got the the most iconic fight between Batman and Superman. It's got Batman with uh, a female Robin. It's got uh, an old and infirm Batman trying to 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 cope with a world that has advanced you know beyond him. It's it's awesome. Um, but you know what? So I, like I said, I thought the prices were something unreasonable, and then recently. I've been looking at prices for 9.8s for this thing, and it's unbelievable. 9.6s are going for about $420, uh, but 9.8s, 9.8s are going for up to $2,400. It is this what? massive hockey stick of prices. It's unbelievable. It's a, it's a square bound book that everybody had to read. You know, yes. that came out. You remember when it came out, the first printing was impossible. No one yeah. ordered enough. DC immediately, they never reprinted books back then. It was really kind of one of the first books that DC went back to print on. And not only that, those first prints, everybody read them. Or when you bought them, you wanted to crack it open so you could see if it was a first print. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, yeah. nights are tough. Yeah, those those square spines are brutal. They show any source, any anybody who tries to read that book, it'll be obvious because that spine is cracked for sure. So that's the primary reason I picked this book. Um, I you could still find it inexpensively, and do if if you have not read the Dark Knight Knight uh, saga, it is important that you do because it it's kind of the foundation for batman moving forward and a lot of the batman movies as well moving forward from the state are based on frank miller's vision for batman oh yeah 100 percent, no doubt well my next one is back into the dollar bin go diving <laughs> you might we might find it. it may not be a dollar maybe it'll be three dollars where i found it for three bucks gi joe number 52 what is this well it's a classic mike zek cover more from him later with Storm Shadow and Quick Kick is his name. Hey, it was a kid's book. Okay, come on. Uh, there are just 19 9.8s of this book on the CGC census. If you can find a real nice crispy copy, the last two 9.8s sold on eBay for $361 in March and $482 just this last month in May. Not bad for a $3 book. Right. Uh, there is a second print of this book as well. And this, I just picked this out. Uh, there are so many 
uh, examples like this in that GI Joe run between issue 30 and 60 that are just fetching big money in 9.8 that just nobody seems to have picked up on yet. So I'm sounding the alarm. Go look for those GI Joes because you might be surprised what you get out of it. Is it just because of low print run or this because of survivability? What do you think is driving the prices there? Combo. I think, again, it was it was a book for kids. You know, you may love it now as an adult, but you have to admit it was for kids. Uh, it was a licensed property, you know, obviously not as collectible as the superhero core titles of the time. Mm -hmm. And it just the it, I find the iconic covers and first appearances are what people are really honing in on. So some of those great Michael Golden covers from this run. Uh, the Mike Zek covers the first appearances of some of the major villains or characters. I don't see anybody going really crazy for the Frank Springer covers, for example. <laughs> so just, just kind of do your homework when you're mm -hmm. flipping through boxes. First of all, if you're flipping through boxes and you see a GI Joe comic from issue 30 to 60 and it's under five bucks and it looks mint, grab it. You, you, you can't lose. No, you can't. As a matter of fact, pretty much any of that original G.I. Joe run, if you find it, it's probably for a dollar, it's probably worth picking up. If you get in later in the run from issue 135 to 155, when it was really low print run, and again, it was on its last legs, not a lot of mint copies survived, those go for 30 bucks a pop if they're 9.8 candidates raw. So you cannot lose with some G.I. Joe. Uh, and I can never remember the saying. I always want to say the more you know. What is that? Uh, what's the Alex, saying? That knowing is half the battle. Thank you. Knowing <laughs> half the battle. Pretend I knew that. I said it at the right time. All, All right. right. What's your last one, Richard? My last one is one I have yet to actually find in the wild, but I see pricing on it being a really affordable. And that is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Authorized Martial Arts Training Manual Number 1. Oh, wait a second. I sold a bunch of these on my live sale a couple months ago. Did you really? Yes. Oh, man. I wish I, I must not have been paying attention. Uh, <laughs> this, is a, this is a book published by Solson Publications back in 86. It was a licensed property, um, and it basically gave people lessons in how to use the weapons that the turtles used. So <laughs> This is how to get your butt kicked. Uh, you it's, yeah, it's, you know... Yeah. Uh, six issues to the series, uh, including one issue for each individual turtle where they showcase the weapons that that particular turtle uses. Uh, I'm specifically picking out number one. It's it's you can find it as a raw book for 10 to 20 dollars. But there are only seven books on the, that have been actually been graded and only one sale of a nine point four. Uh, and that was that was for only one hundred and fifty dollars. Mm. But. There are several copies up right now on eBay that are being listed for oh, $1,200 for a 9.8. So, and it may be because of the rarity of this book being graded. At the same time, there are a good half dozen books there that are from the fine to, of you know, very fine quality that are seven, eight, ten dollars so this book is really, you can come across it. And if you want to read it, it's a, it's a great opportunity to do that. But getting that 9.8, getting those high grades are what you're, you're re really looking for. Yeah. Again, I can see why it was a Solson publication. 
uh, it wasn't a story. It was, it's literally Raphael, you know, with his size going, you know, here's how you lunge. <laughs> I, have to, I have to wonder how many kids got killed or, or got their butts beat. I, yeah, this, yeah, here's a, here's a one piece of advice. Do not use this as a real training manual for martial right. arts. <laughs> I bet you nine points are seriously scarce because I used to see these at quarter boxes, 50 mm -hmm. boxes for years and years. So I, I can get it. I don't think anybody's getting a bite on 1209.8, but you know, you can list anything for anything. It's you can, let's but, sell it. But all you need to do is find that one buyer. You know, Sucker. we Sucker. <laughs> it, again, it's if if that book is important to that buyer, is it really that not, mm -hmm. you know, you know what I mean? Well, um, we need someone from this show listening to find a 9.8 and put it up for 400 and let's see what happens. <laughs> someone else do it. We don't want to be the ones to do it. <laughs> yes. Interesting pick, though, especially since I just sold like a several of those. A few, oh, a few I didn't know. I feel dumb now. Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, sure. Hey, if you uh, don't want to feel dumb anymore and you have a question that we can help you with or at least attempt to, make sure you check out our bonus episodes where we take your questions in our viewer mail segment. And we also have special guests come in and tell us their underrated book of the week. And we have a new feature, the Instagram Live Market Watch, where we tell you notable sales that have happened in the last week on Instagram live auction or live sales. So uh, mm -hmm. join us. Make sure you hit the notification bell so you know when it goes live. It tends to be Friday. All right. <laughs> yeah, our, our bonus episode is getting to be as long as our regular episode. Longer sometimes. <laughs> you know, we get, we get down these wormholes and start talking with these guests. And you know, I like it. It's a good conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that is a good, uh, oh God, I'm not even going to try. Hey, it's 25 year old. <laughs> <laughs> I want to put a, a uh, direct this apology to one person in particular that watches the show every week. Dean the Barbarian, you are to provide me with segues. <laughs> and you have yes. written any and submitted any for me. <laughs> I expect at least three segues from you in the next week. That's your homework. 25-year uh, rule this week is a, a, a weird one. Um, it is Silver Surfer Superman number one what yes yeah. <laughs> during the whole uh golden age of the intercompany crossovers between marvel and dc this came out and on paper this sounds amazing silver surfer and superman together a stellar creative team of george perez writing and ron Lim drawing you know george perez was currently writing silver surfer at that time he has history with superman drawing him when he was mm -hmm. at dc Ron Lim had been with the Silver Surfer since the relaunch uh, after a run with Marshall Rogers. So who do these two cosmic-powered heavyweights go up against? You guessed it, Mr. Mr. Mixies Pitalik and the Impossible Man. Oh, my God. If you guessed Thanos and Darkseid, shame on you. You should know yeah. better. Why give the fans what they want? Give them something uh, goofy. Give them lighthearted fun. I'm not sure lighthearted fun was the way to go with this team up, but there you go. What a wasted opportunity. Well, there are 35 9.8s on the census. <laughs> a 9.8 sold for $150 this month. You can find this book 
very easily. I'm not sure why with this stellar storyline. I love George Perez. I Oh yeah. I don't get it. Did was he was this an editorial edict that you couldn't use the two Silver Surfer and Superman? Who are your villains going to be? Yeah, like you said, Dark Side. Yeah, Thanos. Yeah. Okay, you don't want to use Dark Side. Fine, use Mongol, who was the other Dark Side ripoff from Jim Starlin <laughs> and fought Superman. There are so many Dark Side. You want to see Dark Side. Versus the dark side ripoff for Marvel, Thanos, right? I, why, right. why, why would you do this? Why? Could you imagine how epic that book would be? Oh my gosh, I just don't understand. If you yeah. know, if you worked there at the time, you know what was going on, let us know because this one just kills me. I have a feeling it had to have been something, some directive that they had, or maybe there's some limited to the licenses to the trademarks that they could use. George Perez is a better writer than that. Who cares? (laughs) You're George Perez. You you put your foot down and say, I'm not doing this. Or maybe it was all his wacky idea. Who knows? Maybe he's like, you know, this is the expectation. I'm going to subvert the expectations and Mm. deliver a fun comic book. Oh. That sounds terrible. Why not, throw, why not throw Batmite in there while you're at it? Right. I make it an <laughs> book. I don't know. But I guess people were clamoring for the impossible man and Mixias Pitalik to mix it up. So here you go. Here's the book for you. What was his name again? Mixias Pitalik. <laughs> I rarely hear people actually pronounce that name. Why don't you say it backwards and let's see if you disappear? Oh, no, please. No. Don't want to curse it. Back to your own dimension. All right, time for our underrated books of the week. Richard, you take it away. My underrated book is a Miles Morales uh, Spider-Man number eight from 2019. This is the first appearance of The Assessor. Mainly, though, the reason why I picked this book is because of the striking cover. It is a cover by Patrick O'Keefe. It's Miles... Uh, it's a portrait of miles standing there with a hoodie on and it just really just it pulls your eye. I I've really been, really been drawn to certain covers recently mm-hmm. as my last pick of the week was uh, for with wonder woman. This book really just speaks to me as an African-American and a Spider-Man fan. Um, this really just, just pulls, you know, highlights the fact that the, the new Spider-Man is an African-American because that's, yeah. that's pretty much the focus of this cover. Um, and it's, it's really interesting in that it has always, you know, this is when this book came out, I picked up as I usually do four or five copies and I picked up some other ones here, you know, in the past year or so, but this book has always had some, some significant value. Um, you could buy this book for 20 to $40 raw, but I think at some point people are going to start focusing on these these covers that that really highlight you know that aspect of of Miles, and this is a really easy one to come by. You know, you can find these these books uh, in your in your LCS's long boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really doesn't. I mean, the Assessor is an interesting character, but it's not something that I would I would really spec on for for him. You said the first appearance of the assessor, and I'm like, what did he come over and like uh, give him the value of his property? And <laughs> I'm sorry, but you built your garage one foot over the property line. Sorry, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> Those are 
up this year. And, and I, I have one more joke for this book. Uh, how much Morales? Miles of Morales. Okay, we had to get that out of the way. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but no, this is a this is a great book. Uh, it's it's easy to pick up a nine point eight. Um, it's easy to pick up the raws. Uh, like be like me and pick up a few raws, uh, especially if you can come across them cheap, because I have a feeling at some point um, we're going to see a rise in value of these kinds of books uh, mm -hmm. for Miles fans. Oh, yeah, we see it already. I mean, there's there's the hip hop variants. Mm -hmm. There uh, is that cover where he's on the ground with the police officer over him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, so many iconic covers in this run that's only been two years old now. So uh, I don't think you can lose with some of these classic miles covers. So good one. Um, mine is a classic cover too. It's going back a bit to the copper age and that is captain America. Number two seventy five. beautiful classic Mike Zek cover. And he had so many iconic covers in this run where there's just no cover copy. It's just a really cool image of cap that takes up the entire space. Beautiful. Oh, wow. Stuff. Yeah. This issue is also significant in that uh, his girlfriend at the time, Bernie Rosenthal, discovers that Cap is Steve Rogers. This is why I liked Bernie Rosenthal. She was a smart cookie. She was a lawyer. She wasn't stupid. She looked at him and went, oh, that's Steve. <laughs> <laughs> he put his mask on. She figured it out pretty quick. So points to Bernie Rosenthal. Uh, but beyond that, it's also the first appearance of the new Baron Zemo. You know, oh. the guy from Falcon and Winter Soldier, Helmet Zemo, first appeared in Cap 168 as the Phoenix, not that Phoenix. But he was Baron Zemo's son. He dies in air quotes at the end of that issue. But he comes back here full-fledged as the new Baron Zemo. This whole run, uh, the, the JMD Matias, Mike Zek run of Cap, is just so underrated. It's got really great stories. Uh, and it's finally, you know, with all the Falcon and Winter Soldier uh, and the other properties, uh, Cap-related properties on the TV and movies, picking parts out of this run, it's a time to get this run while you still can because you, it may be out of reach very soon. Yeah, all, all things cap are, are heating up. I, I can't wait to see what they actually do with uh, the, the new Captain America. I love it because, you know, being my favorite hero, I've lived through decades of cap being uh, a dump title, you know, in the dollar bins. <laughs> you know, no one ever gave a crap about back issues of cap with some very, very few exceptions. And now I just see things like Flag, Sm Flag Smasher being hot or, you know, Ultimatum. I'm like, Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm glad I have them, but it's really cool. So check it out. And that's going to do it for us this week. Richard, where can people find us? People can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Bronze and Modern Gods, or they could go over to the website, bronzeandmoderngods.com. Updated, by the way. Excellent. <laughs> hey, if you like this, please subscribe. Please give us a like. Please hit the notification bell so you know when the bonus episode goes live. And that's when we'll see you next. Have a great week. Yeah, everybody stay safe. Whoops.